Hey guys, how's it going? I hope you're all getting geared up and ready for a great weekend. This is episode 198 of the RR Show. Today we're diving into a little bit of r slash T-I-F-U. Let's not waste any time. Let's get straight to it. This is our first story posted by Pure Discipline 293 TIFU by telling my kid to throat punch his bully at school. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Actual fuck-up happened yesterday at the dinner table after school. After effects of my fuck-up have me currently at the ER getting my son checked out for anaphylactic. Yesterday, my kid came home and was obviously upset. So I asked him what was going on. He's eight, so he still talks to me about this stuff. He proceeds to tell me that at lunch, another kid in his class is bullying him about his peanut allergy, saying that he's faking his allergy and that he's going to wipe some peanut butter on him to prove that he's faking. My kid says to him that he isn't faking and that could die from just touching peanut butter. Other kids said he didn't care and that he wanted him to die anyway. At this point, my kid said that he told the teacher and the lunchroom monitor, who both know about his allergy, and they were able to intervene yesterday. I had a long talk with my kid about doing the right thing and telling the teacher and not letting this other kid make him lash out. Then we talked about the hard part. Now I'm sure I'm going to generate some hate with some people here with what I told him next and that's fine we are allowed to have differing opinions. But I'm not apologizing to anyone for teaching my kid to stand up and defend himself. After we talked about doing the right thing and doing everything you can to avoid a bad situation, I told him that sometimes you have to do the wrong thing to protect yourself, and that should always be a last resort. When he asked what I meant, I told him that if that kid, as long as the bully is only taunting him with words, then he should always walk away. But if he ever did try to put peanut butter on you, then you hit him as hard as you can, with the side of your hand right in the throat, like a throat chop. Then you stop, unless the bully keeps trying. Fast forward to this very afternoon and I get a call from the principal of the school saying that my son assaulted another student and needs to be picked up. I asked what happened and of course they won't talk about it over the phone, but I smiled a little bit because... I already knew. I get to school, and I see my kid sitting in the office, tears streaming down his face. So I walk in, the principal tries talking to me, but I blow right past her and ask my kid what happened. He says the bully had peanut butter on his finger, and he was threatening to wipe it on his face. 
Then my kid said that he did what I told him to do and hit the kid in the throat because he wiped peanut butter on his arm. I looked at his arm. It was pretty swollen. So I asked him if he was having trouble breathing. Kid said he was fine, just a little shaky. At this point, the principal interrupts with her, Mr. Soso, we can't just have your kid hitting other children just because they had a little peanut butter wiped on them. Kids do this kind of thing. We're going to have to suspend him for a few days. It's obvious to me that principal is clueless about the peanut allergy, so I cut her off and asked my kid if he told the bully to stop before he hit the other kid. He said yes. I yelled at him several times that I'm allergic to peanut butter and told him to stop, and he just kept acting like he was going to wipe it on me. Now, the principal had a shocked look on her face. I asked to see the video from the cafeteria, and sure as shit, my kid can be seen and heard screaming and trying to back away from his bully. At the point where it looks like the bully grabs my kid's arm, my kid yells at the top of his little lungs, I told you to stop. Then he grabs the bully by the arm, pulls him towards himself and executes the best clothesline I've ever seen anyone do and just floors this kid. Then my kid sits down and starts crying in the middle of the cafeteria. At this point, I tell the principal that if my kid isn't allowed back in school tomorrow, I was consulting with a lawyer about the attempted murder of my son. I also said that assuming he didn't have any other ill effects from this, I would be fine not pressing charges against the school and the bully since it looks like he may have already learned his lesson. Since I didn't get a response and it's been half an hour since the peanut butter was wiped on my kid's arm, I picked him up and left to take him to the ER to get checked out. About 10 minutes ago, I got a phone call from the school board superintendent saying that the school board had decided to let my kid come back to school tomorrow. Edit 1. Kid has a clean bill of health from hospital. Swelling is starting to go down after some epinephrine. Edit 2. Kid's got cookies and ice cream. Edit 3. I've been invited to a meeting with the school board Thursday afternoon. We'll update afterwards. Edit 4. Just left the meeting, which wasn't with the school board, as I was led to believe on the phone. It was with the principal and a legal representative from the school board. Had lawyer with me and prior to this meeting, we discussed what I wanted out of this meeting. My main concerns were 1. Making sure that there was a procedure in place to keep allergens away from my child. 2. Ensuring that this child has no ability to assault my child again. I also wanted to know how it was that the principal wasn't informed or aware of my child's allergy prior to trying to tell me that he was going to be suspended. Lawyers talked legal stuff for a bit while I listened and principal listened. Eventually, my turn to talk came and I simply explained points number one and number two above. I also asked why principal didn't take time to assess the whole situation. The explanation I got was that she was told by the monitor that it was almond butter, not peanut butter by the monitor. So she really didn't look further into it, which I can understand her point, but it doesn't make things any better from my perspective. So cut and dry stuff first. The bully child has been moved to a different school. Unfortunately, I don't have any legal recourse to find out which school he's been moved to, and frankly, I don't care. Cafeteria monitor has been fired. I didn't hear this at the meeting, but my son's teacher called last night after school and told me. I asked why I was told that she was distracted by her phone when all the commotion started, which explains why this was allowed to progress in the first place. Based on a recommendation of a friend and many of you, I requested and was accommodated with an allergy-free table at our school. 
and I'm being told every other school in the district will be implementing one as well. Where children with known allergies will eat lunch and anyone who eats with them will have their lunches inspected by a teacher and a monitor to ensure no allergens are present. Next up is a story from Brewquad. Today I fucked up by taking my wedding ring off at the gym. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've just recently arrived home following this fuck up. I, a very happily married 36-year-old man with a small herd of children, have been going to the gym in my little town since November 22nd. I always go after getting the kids to bed, which generally puts me there around 8.30pm. The gym I go to has two rooms. One has cardio equipment, ellipticals, treadmills, bikes, etc. The other room has free weights and various other torture devices. My routine begins the same every time with 9.1 to 9.5 miles on a bike, which leaves me in a state similar to that of a walrus that's just managed to pull himself onto an iceberg, very wet and breathing heavily. This process normally takes me to about 8.55pm. I enjoy hitting the weights at this time because the gym is often not always empty and it leaves me to grunt and groan in peace. Tonight, the gym was not empty when I entered the weight room. Now, I mentioned that I have been going to the gym since early November. In that time, I have gotten used to the people that do spend time in the gym past nine. And this person was new. Not a big deal, she'd brought her own yoga mat. The ones in the gym are blue and red, and this one was tie-dye-ish. And she set her phone up on a stand, I assume she was making a video. Both of these observations were made as I walked down to my trusty bench to start my bent-over rows. I grabbed my dumbbells and sat down to continue my ritual, and today, and I always remove my wedding ring before I lift and tuck it into my right sock for safekeeping. If I try to wear it, it digs into my hand and makes things most unpleasant. So I start grunting out reps with old righty and just nicely switch to lefty when I feel a tap on my shoulder. So I stop what I'm doing and turn to see new girl standing behind-ish me sporting a menacing glare and wielding her iPhone. I popped out an earbud and asked what was up. The following conversation is as I remember it. Hey, what's up? Uh, you're disgusting. Uh, excuse me? Ah, uh, you saw me in here and took off your ring. Are you planning on chatting me up? Uh, what? Uh, you're a gross. Uh, okay. I proceeded to put my earbuds back in and get to work while she stormed to the other side of the gym and started packing up her stuff. I watched her head for the exit while I was resting between sets. Anyway, I'm rowing away and out of nowhere I'm blasted with a cascade of liquid which leads me to drop my dumbbell and spin around to see what's going on. There's new girl, her recently emptied pink yeti screaming at me. I'm assuming for being gross, it was unclear I still had headphones in. I removed my earbuds so I could understand her and she storms away. I think the highlight of the exchange is that my gym shirt now smells like vodka. Do most people drink at the gym? Am I doing this wrong? 
I'm home, showered, and have explained why my wet shirt smells like a raging party to my wife. We've both had a good laugh. If I see New Girl's video on social media, I will be sure to share it here. I don't know who she was, but it's a pretty small town, so it might pop up. Ah, oh, man, it's stories like this that make me realize I'm really lucky to have a gym near me that has an amazing culture and none of this shit. Look up a creator called Joey Swole. He makes loads of content about exactly this sort of shit, and he probably has the video somewhere. Our next story is from Hugger Cat. Today I fucked up by dressing casually for work. I work with marginalized people with complex needs, and my specific role relates to having lived experience of homelessness, addiction, and complex trauma. There are a lot of different elements to it that I won't go into because they aren't relevant, but I do some work at a service for rough sleepers, which is where I was today. Most of my colleagues dress very casually for work. I try quite hard to be presentable because I guess I'm a bit worried about being judged for my background, even though that's literally why they employed me. It's also my first time in this type of job. However, right now in England, it's fucking freezing, and I had to layer up, which meant I wasn't looking very officey. I was still clean, and I don't think I was that scruffy or anything, but my clothes were just a bit mismatched and too big for me. At the place I was working, there's a drop-in area for the clients, and an office area which is staff only. I mainly chill in the client area since they're the people I'm there to work with, and only really go into the office area when I need to talk to a colleague or need a computer or something. This week, a member of staff I hadn't met before had come back from maternity leave and was in the office. I went to the office to introduce myself. I opened the door, popped my head round, and without even looking up, she just went, No. I was like, Okay, and backed away. I figured she was on a sensitive phone call or something. Still rude, but you know. Slight side note, her tone of voice really vividly reminded me of how people sometimes talk to me when I was homeless. I remember once trying to get a woman's attention as she was walking past, and she was just like, no, and kept walking because I guess she thought I was begging. I was actually trying to tell her that her dress was tucked into her tights. Anyway, I just got on with things for a bit until I actually had to go into the office. I started walking in and she jumped out of her chair and was like, no, you can't, no, 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 you can't come in here and literally started shooing me out of the door with her hands. I kind of just allowed myself to be shooed, which probably speaks volumes about my self-esteem. But the service manager, who I know pretty well, had arrived in the meantime and was also in the office. She was like, What the fuck? Why are you shooing her? She works here. At this point, the rude colleague obviously backs down, but explains that because of my presentation and manner, her words, She assumed I was a client. I was like, okay, so you're cool with shooing clients then? Fantastic. Why do you work here again? She apologized, barely. I said okay and told the service manager I was going to finish up my paperwork from home. Went home, I had a little cry. Since apparently the only thing separating R the professional and R the homeless junkie is a poorly fitting hoodie and a dorky hat. Not a good day for my self-esteem. Now, I've dealt with the self-pity aspect and I'm mainly just pissed that that's how she thinks she should treat clients. The service manager has emailed me about making a complaint, which, to be honest, I probably will, even though it's the last thing I want to deal with. 
I had a similar thing happen to me once. I worked in a uh, like a nightclub, and I was sat outside waiting for it to open so I could go in and start my job. Uh, and I rode a bike at the time, and I it was winter, really scruffy. I think I had like some ex-military combat jacket on, just really, really scruffy. <laughs> One of the guys opened the doors and was like, "You need to go. Uh, you can't be begging here. We're opening soon." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I, I work here." It wasn't until two years later I was like. Oh, you know what? Maybe I should dress better. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should like <laughs> put some effort into not looking like absolute garbage. Anyway, our next story is from Anonymous. Anonymous. Today I fucked up when I made fun of a guy who doesn't know how to do laundry. I started seeing this guy about three weeks ago. Let me be clear. We have known each other for a long time because he was a friend of my cousin. He asked me out a few weeks ago and I said yes. I've known him since I was like 15. I also know his family too because our mums were colleagues. So anyway, he comes to my house five days ago to pick me up because we're having a picnic date. I was in the living room watching a kid's show, Phineas and Ferb. I really like the show. I've been watching the reruns since I was a kid. This cartoon had a huge impact on my life. I still watch it whenever my mood's off so that I can still cling on to the innocent child inside me. I was laughing at a part, and he was standing next to me. He was a little confused, judging by his expression. He asked me if my nephew was in the house. I told him no. Then he asked who's watching the cartoon since all of my family members are adults. I told him I was watching it, and I really liked this cartoon. I then proceeded to tell him that I still watch this particular cartoon because it was a part of my childhood and I have some good memories linked to it. He told me it's really embarrassing and ridiculous. I asked why. He told me that I'm a 24-year-old woman. Why am I watching something kids watch and that I need to grow up? It really bothered me. I don't think there's an age limit to watching cartoons. Since that day, he would make fun of me. Whenever we go to a restaurant, he would jokingly order from the kid's menu. He would talk to me in a baby voice as if I was a kid. Whenever I tell him to stop, he'd say, Oh, little old Pete got mad. Oh, how cute. And sometimes even use phrases like young lady. It was really frustrating. Today, we went to a party. His friends were there too. I was meeting them for the first time. He introduced me and said to his friends that he needs to be locked up because he's technically dating a minor. He then tells them how I was still watching cartoons and they all laughed. Some of them find it awkward. He also made fun of my height too. I'm 5 foot 4, he's 6 foot 1. He proceeds to ruffle my hair like people do to kids. I got mad and I told him it's funny how he makes fun of me being a kid, yet he still needs his mummy to do his laundry. His smile just wiped out of his face. I further said, Well, at least this kid knows how to keep herself queen and knows how to drive, unlike him who failed his driving test two times. The room went silent. Later when I got home, I got calls from my cousin that I overreacted and embarrassed him in front of his friends. And he was right to make fun of me because who the hell watches cartoons when they are adults? I told her I'm not interested in entertaining boys who feel like they can make fun of anyone they want, but when someone does the same to them, they act like babies. I guess that's it. Probably the shortest relationship I've been in. 
Right, guys, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to see you in the next one. Until then, guys, as always, peace out. Take care. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.